Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short, about a 13-minute Bible study every single day, getting us into God's Word and thereby keeping us focused on our relationship with God and upon our soul's salvation. But it also helps us to stay strong and even grow stronger in our faith because, as we keep emphasizing, faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. Now, we always encourage you to share these short studies with everybody you can. You know people who need to change their focus in life. They need to start thinking about their soul's salvation and their relationship with God. So share through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means with your family members, your friends, your work associates, your neighbors, with literally everybody you can every day. You may help somebody get to heaven. What a great blessing for them but it will also be a great blessing for you. So start sharing today. We're going to get back into our line of thought and study, talking about false teachers and false teaching. You think about all of those out there who are supposedly teaching God's word. It does not take a rocket scientist as far as mentality is concerned or some extreme genius with the highest IQ on earth to see that there is tremendous confusion between the denominational doctrines that are being taught today. Many of them simply contradict one another. They're all over the place, and so many of them are removed from what the Bible teaches in many points of their doctrine. Well, but People will say, and we've talked about this, and just let me repeat it briefly, people will say, well, it's just a matter of interpretation. But we noted that the Apostle Peter wrote down that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of private interpretation. For holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit, and when you compare that with what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Timothy 3 and verse 16, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. In other words, more literally, that means it is God's very word. So it's not a matter of private interpretation. God is not the the author of confusion, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, but of peace. So all of these different doctrines from different denominations that contradict one another and that in many cases contradict what the Bible teaches, that's confusion. That is something that is not contributing to the spread of Christianity to people who don't believe in God and in Christ to begin with. It's simply confusing, and people who are very adamant in not believing in Jesus even, let's say, as the Savior, they point to all of that confusion, and they say, you guys can't even agree among yourselves. Well, we need to simply get back to the Bible, what the Bible says. But here's another statement by a lot of people, and this is what we're really, we're really focusing on, this particular part of that principle of, of false teachers and false teachings. People will say, well, 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 my preacher says, my preacher says this or my preacher says that. And we've already looked at a number of those statements that people will say, well, my preacher says this, and, and he's my preacher. He, he surely wouldn't lead me astray. Well, Preachers are human beings, and they do make mistakes, and preachers do in some cases. Let me say, in many cases, preachers are leading people astray who are listening to their preaching and teaching because those preachers, in some cases, are not teaching the truth. We need to understand that. God holds us personally, individually responsible for 
learning his word and for applying it correctly. The Apostle Paul said in 2 Timothy 2 and verse 15, study, King James Version, other translations, be diligent to present yourself, to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing, that is, handling correctly, making the proper applications, the word of truth, God's word. Each one of us will be judged by the words of the scriptures, John chapter 12 and verse 48. So we can't rely upon just the, 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 the statement, my preacher says this, because preachers make mistakes like everybody else. And sometimes they're sincere in what they're teaching, but they're sincerely wrong. And other times they basically know what they're teaching is not in harmony with what the scriptures say, but they've changed it. Well, to suit themselves, to suit the times, to suit the people they're preaching to, because as the apostle Paul said in 2 Timothy 4 verses 1 through 4, he said they're people, they're going to want to have their ears scratched. They're going to find teachers who will scratch their ears for them and make them feel good in what they believe and how they're living their lives, regardless of whether it's the truth or not. Well, let's look at a a few more of these my preacher says statements. We've already talked about how my preacher says the Bible is a collection of man's wisdom and not fully to be trusted. We've, we've destroyed, really, we've shown the error in all of these particular positions. That's wrong. My preacher says church tradition and creeds are on equal footing with the Bible. Absolutely false. My preacher says God may have used evolution to create the world. God did not need evolution to help him create the world. My preacher says I should wait for a better, t- for a better felt than told conversion experience. Warm, fuzzy feeling, maybe getting, getting all emotional here. Something just you know, swept over me. That's not what the scripture says as to how we come to salvation. My preacher says call me father or reverend. Ah, well, you know, the only, the only one to whom that term reverend is ascribed in the scriptures, holy and reverend is his name. Psalm 119 and verse 9, spoken of God and God alone. And we also noted in Matthew 23, verses 9 through 12, when Jesus was speaking in a context of religious titles, he said, call no man your father. He's not talking about your biological father. He's talking about in a religious title kind of way. My preacher says baptism by sprinkling is just as good as immersion. The very word baptism in the Greek means immersion. My preacher says baptism is not necessary for salvation. Well, then what did Jesus mean? Did he get it wrong when he said in Mark 16, verses 15 and 16, go unto all the world, preach the gospel to every to all creation. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. Did Jesus mess up there? Did he get it wrong? What about 1 Peter 3 and verse 21, where Peter said, baptism doth also now save us, King James Version. Hmm. So my preacher says, Baptism is not necessary for salvation? That's obviously false. Well, my preacher says we're saved by grace alone. The Bible says, for by grace you are saved through faith. Well, now there, there's faith is necessary on our part. God's grace is what saves us, but 
it's not just God's grace. We have to respond to God's offer of grace in the ways that he has laid out for us in the scriptures. For by grace you are saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. For we are the workmanship, his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Ephesians 2 and verse 10. We look in, again, Mark chapter 16, verse 16, where Jesus said, whoever believes and is baptized shall be saved. God expects us to develop that faith. We keep emphasizing in these daily Bible classes, or these today's Bible class studies, that faith comes by hearing the word of God. We've got to study. We've already pointed out where the Apostle Paul instructed that we study, be diligent to, to show ourselves approved unto God, correctly handling, rightly dividing, correctly applying his word, the word of truth. Ephesians 2 verses 8 through 10 talks about grace, talks about faith, and talks about good works that God has prepared for us beforehand, ordained that we should walk in them. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 21, whoever shall call in the name of the Lord shall be saved. They said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved and your house. Acts 16 and verse 31, what Paul and Silas told the jailer in Philippi, we have to believe. We can't just say, oh, it's all on God. Well, certainly God saves us and he saves us by his grace, but he expects something from us on our part to before we approach him for his, his salvation by grace. Now notice in Romans 8 and verse 24, we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man sees, why does he yet hope for it? Romans 8 and verse 24, if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made in salvation. Romans 10, verses 9 and 10. Well, obviously, all of these go together as part of God's plan for our redemption and salvation. It's not just that God somehow overwhelms us with grace one day, whether we want it or not, whether we're seeking it or not, whether we're trying to be obedient to him or not. We come to him in repentance. Repentance. What did Jesus say in Luke 13 and verse 3? Except you repent, you will all likewise perish. What did Peter answer when the Jews asked him in Pentecost, what shall we do? He had just preached the gospel to them. He said, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. We must believe in Jesus. We must believe in God. We must repent of our sins. We must confess our faith in Christ openly. We must surrender to him in baptism because it is at that point that the blood that he shed on the cross cleanses us of the guilt of our sins. When Ananias, sent by Jesus himself to teach Saul of Tarsus, who would later become the apostle Paul, he came to Saul and said, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling in the name of the Lord. And we also, according to Jesus' statement and instruction in Revelation 2 and verse 10, we must be faithful until death. 
in order to be able to look forward in reality to his giving us the crown of life, which means eternal life in heaven. No, salvation is not just by grace alone and nothing on our part. And neither is it by faith only. Even if your preacher says it's only by faith. Well, we've already seen how there are other elements or other responses on our part that God expects from us. We must believe, yes, but James, James defines faith in rather, uh, in, in rather detailed fashion in James chapter 2. And, and let me read just one verse there, verse 24. You see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only? He goes on and he talks about how faith without works is dead, is dead. Read verses 14 through the end of that chapter. And Jesus says, in, in, the Hebrews writer says of Jesus in Hebrews chapter 5 and verses 8 and 9, he says, though he were a son, speaking of Jesus, yet he learned obedience through the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author or source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. True faith, saving faith, is obedient faith. And so we must be baptized into Christ because that phrase, into Christ, is attached to baptism twice. And those are the only two times where into Christ, that phrase, is connected with the means of coming into Christ. Romans 6 and verse 3, Galatians 3 and verse 27, both say we are baptized into Christ. Now, why would we take that step? Because of our faith in him. But we're not saved until we obey him through baptism into Christ. Our time is up today, so we're going to stop and, and, and pray here, and we'll finish up this study next time. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for giving us your word to guide us in your truth. Please, Father, please clear away the cobwebs from people's minds. Please refute the false teaching in the understanding of people in their, in their minds when they're hearing false teaching. Help them to see the clarity of your truth communicated to us through your word, we pray, Father. Please forgive us, gracious Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.